are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. See, folks, I can't even make it through the intro. This has been a wild, wild day. And we're going to have Billy Lucci of TexAgs.com joining us because he had a lot of cool things to say, uh, not only about the Aggies, which I know this is a Locked On Razorbacks podcast, but he also had a lot of great comments dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks themselves. Uh, but, of course, I have to discuss the big news, the bomb that just got dropped here at SEC Media Days that has everybody. Like, I'm looking right now at Commissioner Greg Sankey across the floor from me, and he's got a lot to talk about and a lot of questions being thrown his way. And essentially what it comes down to, in case you haven't heard, is that there was a report out of the Houston Chronicle that said that Texas and Oklahoma have reached out to the SEC about joining the conference. Not only that but some of the high-ranking officials involved in this situation have said that it could be a situation where in the next few weeks it'll be announced that Texas and Oklahoma are officially joining the SEC. Now, I nearly crapped my pants when I heard this announcement because I was like, okay, well, maybe Houston Chronicle seems credible, but still, yeah, I mean, there's still some things that got to go, well, okay, okay, this is real, this is real. More people are talking about it. More people are giving their sources. National media guys here at SEC Media Days are believing it too. It must be real. It's just, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. And the more I'm starting to think about it, I want everyone to stay with me because I know everyone's got their opinions on this, especially Razorback fans, because I know how you feel about Texas and about Oklahoma and about the situation when you left the Big 12 or the Southwest Conference when the Big 12 ended up being formed. Like, I know how you feel about this. That happened in 1992. But stay with me on this, all right? I believe that Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC would be awesome for Razorback fans. I think it would be a benefit to Razorback fans. And again, hear me out on this. You have Texas and Oklahoma joining. We know how good they are in football, Oklahoma especially. Texas has had their ups and downs, but still a really good program. But we also know what they add in basketball. Both programs are really good. Basketball at Texas, I think, is going to start getting really good. Baseball at Texas has been phenomenal, as well as at Oklahoma. Uh, They're good at all the sports. So it adds competition. And you may say, well, we don't want competition. I like competition. I like rivalries. You can be able to build more rivalries that way, too. But also think about it this way. If they kept divisions in the SEC and they had a total of 16 teams, this is what more than likely the divisions would look like. All right, on the SEC East side, it would be Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. The only difference is there is that you add Auburn and Alabama, but you also lose Missouri because they moved to the West alongside Arkansas, Texas A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, as well as Texas and Oklahoma. So essentially every year in football, assuming that you would keep divisions, you would be playing Texas and Oklahoma instead of playing Auburn and Alabama. Now think about that. For the foreseeable future, which teams would you rather play year in and year out? Texas and Oklahoma or Alabama or Auburn? Now, at some point, Nick Saban's going to retire and Alabama won't be Alabama anymore, and I think we all understand that. But at the same time, I believe that Texas and Oklahoma would make for better matchups, better rivalries. I think that you would have a better chance of facing off against them in recruiting battles. I think overall it would be much more fun 
and not only for the rivalry's sake, but for geography's sake and for competition's sake if you ended up playing Texas and Oklahoma every single year. Again, that's all assuming that they have divisions still. Because who knows? Maybe they move away from divisions. Maybe they blow it all up and just have uh, you know, 16 teams and play it as they go and have a rotating schedule of eight games and everybody plays everybody every so often. Maybe that'll be the case. But either way, folks, I think this is something that you can embrace. I think that this is something that Razorback fans can down with. In fact, I even asked the poll question on social media Simply, would you take any issue with Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC? And as of right now, this voting, over 1,000 votes have been put in. Over 1,000 votes. 51% have said no. You would have no problem with Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. That's, that's, that's crazy, but that's great. I'm telling you, it's a positive. It's a good thing. And I'm a Razorback fan. You know that if you follow me on social media, if you watch – Anything that I've done or listen to anything I've done, you know I'm a Razorback fan. I grew up in Arkansas. Uh, I get that there's going to be some of the older generations that may not like this whatsoever because of the Texas angle. But I think, generally speaking, it would be awesome. Like, what would you? Ra- I'd rather go to a Norman, Oklahoma for a football game that's three and a half hours away from Fayetteville, Arkansas, than traveling all the way to freaking Auburn. All right? I'd rather go to Austin, Texas. And be able to experience that, which is Austin is an awesome town, as much as I hate to say it. Austin is an awesome town. I'd rather go there than go to Tuscaloosa, which is a dump. All right? I'd rather play Texas and Arkansas in basketball once again and have that heated rivalry. Like, I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about the matchups where you get to play Texas every year in every sport. I mean, isn't that what you've always wanted? Isn't that the rivalry you've always wanted? You've always felt like Texas is afraid of you? No. This gives you the opportunity to play Texas in every single sport, every single year. And the best part about it is they're not running the show. They're not running the show. That's not running. The whole thing's not running through University of Texas. It's still going to be in Alabama. It's still going to be able to, to give the benefit to the other teams involved too. But it's not going to be Texas. It's not going to be run by Texas. Not everything's going to go towards Texas. It's not going to be that way. I'm for this. I can't wait for it to happen. I hope it happens. We'll find out more as time goes on, but still, it's an awesome thing to talk about as of right now. We'll have a discussion with Billy Lucci uh, of TexAgs.com, who had a lot of great insight on the Texas A&M Aggies as well as the Razorbacks here in just a second. But first, I've got to tell you about BetOnline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs. And before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On at BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, we had a chance to catch up with Billy Lucci of TexAgs.com, a friend of the show and a friend of mine and a guy that does a great job covering all things Texas A&M. And I'll say what you want about the Aggies, but uh, they do have some great media members and some really good people, and Billy's definitely one of them. So I had a chance to catch up with him in an interview as we talk about not only the Aggies, but about the NIL and also about the Razorbacks. So I'll go ahead 
and knock it out and replay the interview with Billy Lucci of Texags.com. Continuing to be live from SEC Media Days here in Hoover, Alabama. It's a big day today. Not only do you have Alabama and Nick Saban, but you also got Mike Leach and Mississippi State, new coach Clark Lee and Vanderbilt, and of course Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. And joining us right now to talk more about the Texas A&M Aggies heading into 2021 is Billy Lucci of Texags.com. Billy, it's good to see you again. You eh? too, man. It's been what? It's been probably two years. Yeah, yeah. We need to. Dallas gets a little hectic during those games and so we're in and out so it's good to see you you had a hell of a uh Hell of a spring covering the yeah. Razorbacks. Yeah, it was nice for a change because football's been so bad for so yeah. long, man. It was good to good to have some good stuff going on there, and uh, it was I'm sure it was a lot of fun for you in the football season last year, man. Where uh, obviously you know didn't make the college playoff, but man, you were right there in the mix there at A and M. What was that season like? I know COVID was crazy, but what was that season like? Man, that was a hell of a fun season. It was fun to cover. It's been a long time coming, and to, and to see them win an Orange Bowl uh, and to do it the way they did, and really. To watch them kind of grow throughout the season and kind of become Jimbo Fisher's team. You know, people will say it was, you know, well, they played a lot of close games. Yeah, they they put a lot of teams away before the end of the third quarter. And they pulled away from teams in the fourth because they were more physical. They were deeper. They were better prepared week to week to week, and, and, and they were getting better as the season went on. All the Jimbo Fisher staples, they ran the football, they stopped the run. All the things that he built a championship program on at Florida State, he's doing here. And and that was fun to see. About the time they played Arkansas was when I was like, they're really good. Because I watched, I watched the Hogs, and that game worried the hell out of me. Because mm. I was like, this is a better Arkansas team than maybe Bielema had one that was like that good I, I felt like though that was I was like that's a good football team and they believe and when that game was over through three quarters that game was 42 to 17 after three quarters I was like this A&M's really good because Arkansas came out and scored right off the bat yeah. and it was 7 nothing, and it was like uh oh you know they and for AM to put that game away through four. The thing, LSU game, everybody yeah. was on the Aggies after that one because their offense didn't play well. I'm going, it was a three touchdown game before the end of the third quarter, and LSU didn't hit the scoreboard until there was 20 seconds left. That was a beatdown. Mm -hmm. and, and they did the same thing to South Carolina, was over by halftime. Mississippi State was over early third. Auburn was, it was a 17 to nothing fourth quarter. North Carolina, that was a dogfight, but in the last like four minutes, or I think in the last, in the fourth quarter, AM scored 24 or 28. Yeah. So it was, that it, again, the culture changed last year, and there is a, there is a, a kind of an identity to this program now that I don't know that A&M's had since I would go back to like the glory days of the wrecking crew where that was the identity. Wow. And, and that's what the expectation has now become because heading into 2021, uh, a lot of people are very high on the Aggies. I've seen some rankings, top five, top ten, somewhere in there. Uh, but the ultimate question becomes of who's going to replace Kellamon, how's that yeah. situation going to look at? Because it seems like the, the Aggies are stacked pretty much everywhere, but the quarterback is the ultimate question. So what does that look like right now? Yeah, I think it's – it's well, I think the quarterback in the O-line, I mean, that was a big deal. That was a big part of why they were able to wear people down with four seniors. They were turning All-American in Kenyon Green, but that's it. Uh, O-line will be the big question because I think – First of all, Zach Calzada's got an NFL big league arm. Haynes King is a, is a 
ridiculous creator runner who can also throw. Like he could end up being an excellent passer. I don't expect from day one he's just going to sit back there and carve up secondaries with his arm. But he can throw. He can really run. He feels the pressure. He can create. I think if you give Jimbo uh, one of those, if you give him one of those, uh, you know, guys with that running game, with the tight end, with Anaya Smith, Caleb Chapman will be back as a deep threat. And in a defense that I think will be the best that Elko and Fisher have had since arriving in College Station four years ago. You can ease whoever the starter is into the season, particularly if it's King, who you can do some QB run game around. You can ease into that. And not to say at Colorado, Arkansas, Dallas, Mississippi State at home are easy in the first half of the season because we know they're not going to be. Right. But you can ease the quarterback into it while still playing winning football. and what it t- So I think the O-line will be the key because I go back to Will they be able to line up and run the football for four quarters against teams? And if they can do that, I think the the quarterback thing will take care of itself and and I think get better and better as the season progresses. We'll continue our discussion with uh, Billy Lucci of TexAgs.com here in just a second. First, I've got to tell you about Built Bar and how they have nine delicious different flavors to choose from. And, you know, the thing is, is that we like options. We like options. We like convenience and like healthy stuff. This is what it's all about. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut nut brownie, double chocolate. doesn't matter. they got great flavors. And the best thing is, is that they're healthy. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar. They're fast, they're easy, they're convenient, and they're healthy, and they taste great. Now, also, another great deal for you is if you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15, You'll get 15% off your next order. That's again, builtbar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. Take advantage of today. Promo code LOCK15 at builtbar.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Mentioned the Arkansas game, and, and this is an ongoing discussion that happens in Arkansas, and I'm sure it happens in A&M too. Is about you know the game was in College Station last year, yeah. and we know that's been different. And they had I think it was in 2012, 2013. They had a home and home too. Weird but, but yeah, it's always been in Arlington. Um, it's just I, is this is the feeling still the same at A&M where they're like we want this back to home and home. Yeah. We're tired of Jerry World because I'll even make the argument, and maybe it's because Arkansas lost so many straight. But I think even Razorback fans are kind of coming around to the thing where it's like it's great. It's fine but we kind of want to see the Aggies in Fayetteville too. See I'm biased because I've got so many friends in in Dallas that it becomes a weekend party up there Yeah, and and even if I'm saying if I'm not partying it's just fun to go to that game. We got our spots in Dallas where we go watch games the rest of the day or you tailgate at Jerry where like I, I don't sit there and party and tailgate before the game but you hang out um, I love being in that stadium down on the field. It feels oh, like, yeah. but, but the crowds have gotten less. But I maintain that's because Arkansas hasn't been good. And, and A&M hasn't been great. So it, it, what if Arkansas is – what if a and is the second-best team in the West and Arkansas is the third for, for multiple seasons in a row? Then what does that game look like? What happens when yeah. it has New Year's Six implications and everybody – like if, if it was A&M – but see, A&M's not. It was LSU-Auburn for the last 10 years playing at a neutral site. Mm-hmm. 
closer, you know, a neutral right. site there. What would that look like? That's a good point. And, and, and that's just because A&M has been, you know, above average and Arkansas has been below average for the majority of this series. There have been exceptions. But I like the home and the reality – I went to Fayetteville one time. I've been there once, ever. I know the history. I wasn't a, I grew up watching Southwest Conference, but I didn't have a bunch of Aggies in my family. I didn't grow up going to Fayetteville and right. Kyle Field. So that was my first trip there. I loved it. It was it was intense. It was a nice night atmosphere in the rain. You know, they gave Johnny and Mike all they could handle, and that was a way worse Arkansas team than what, than what A&M had that. Although the Aggies lost four games that year, but – it was a struggle because, yeah. because of the atmosphere, because it was a road trip into hostile territory. You've seen Arkansas come into Kyle Field. It's not coincidence. A&M's blown Arkansas out three times since joining the SEC, so three times in nine years. Right. And I say one of them was a blowout. It was a tie game at halftime. A&M pulled away. They've blown them out twice. Both of them were at Kyle Field. There's a reason why, and I like that. Yeah. I think Arkansas fans should, yeah, like you said, I think they absolutely should want it. I know they like Dallas. I don't think it gives Arkansas any this recruiting edge that Bielema used to talk about and then Chad Morris. I don't believe that. Like, it's like your recruiting edge, that's a, pardon my French, that's a badass home atmosphere in Fayetteville. I loved it. I love Dixon Street. I love the whole deal tailgating and it rained the whole time yeah i remember that and and the recruiting of going and playing one game in dallas where every other year you get to host recruit that's not that's not why arkansas is going to go get players out of dallas that is not why your star safety you know it's not why he came from mansfield to go play at arkansas because he watched them play in jerry world one time and get beat by a&m that's not it, – it, it's not the way it works. So, right. I, I think Arkansas, they recruit Dallas by winning and beating SEC teams at Fayetteville and on the road, not by playing in Dallas once a year. So, I, I, that's my opinion. I think both schools will benefit once the game. But I also know they're going to finish that contract because Jerry, <laughs> Jerry ain't having it. No. He doesn't enter into business deals that he typically is going to let you out of. He doesn't strike me as that guy. And I've heard nothing to indicate that they're going to get out of it early. Yeah, I think most people agree with that. Billy Lucci of TexAgs.com joining us right now on Out of Bounds live from SEC Media Days. Uh, Billy, uh, just looking at it, you mentioned Arkansas and how last year you kind of scared of it. I'm always just curious from an outsider's perspective, what do you make of Sam Pittman and the Razorbacks? Because they made strides last year went three and seven and you know compared to where they were it was great but just kind of the future and heading into this year how do you see the Razorbacks thought it was a terrible hire I was excited about it because I go (laughs) that's good more but and I was wrong I know I knew that very quickly I knew that from talking to people that knew Sam Pittman like I didn't I just saw the hire and you first of all there are people at A&M that are very close with Sam Pittman A&M's got two former Georgia assistants a couple GAs from Georgia they also uh Mark Robinson, who would be here today with Jimbo, he, he, you know, he worked with Sam for a little while. The, he is very highly thought of, not just in College Station, but around this league, as you know. Um, but, man, I just watched the energy, and I watched the way he gets with his players. I love the offensive, defensive coordinator hires he was able to make. The longer... Uh, the longer he can hang on to them, the better. I thought losing Davis to LSU hurt, but 
if there's going to be a position, lose it at Pittman's position. You know that. Yeah. So that certainly takes the sting off of that. But the longer he can keep those two coordinators, I think they'll have a real shot because the players believe they want to play for him. He gets it, and, and man, he's genuine, and that's the deal. And that's what you Arkansas fans love, and that's what Aggie fans love. I was telling one of the new A&M coaching hires recently. Billy Clyde Gillespie, Jackie Sherrill, R.C. Slocum, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, what do they have in common? These are guys that the Aggie fans can say, that's my guy. That's our coach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's – I don't think, I know that's what Arkansas fans immediately started doing with Sam Pittman because the guy wants to be there. He loves the place. He loves the job. And people can tell he's not fake when he says it. You can see through fake. Fans see through it. Donors see through it. Players see through it. Recruits certainly see through it. And that's where I think A&M's benefited so much with Jimbo. From the moment I sat down and talked to him, I said, this guy's going to absolutely crush it here because the Aggies are going to embrace him as his, as their own and the recruits are going to see when they sit down. It's not like the BS that you're getting out of Austin or Norman with dry fit Lincoln Riley. <laughs> yeah. Guy's got like a whole wardrobe of dry fits and, and – I just, I like, there's probably not a fan base right now that gets more upset on social media than OU. Oh, really? You'd think they hadn't won a game in 15 years. They're over here, you know, going to playoffs every other year. Um, But, yeah, dry fit Lincoln, whatever the next, you know, substance over or style over substance group they have in Austin. Mm -hmm. Being real plays, and it's going to play in Fayetteville for Pittman. It already is. Last one for what you get out of here, Billy. Uh, you made a lot of news, obviously, recently yeah. with, uh, of course, the NIL deal, which has been something that's been talked about a lot, where with TexAgs.com, Isaiah Spiller, as well as Damani Richardson, signed a deal $10,000, and everyone saw that number, and there was a lot of reaction to that. Just kind of tell us about that and how that came to be, and because and, I think it's awesome. I think it's great for TexAgs. What are they thinking about it now that Nick Saban <laughs> dropped the $1 million yesterday? No, I think... I did that by design. I wanted to get a sponsor for that amount because I I knew what was going to happen. I wanted it out before SEC Media Days because I knew it was going to happen. Because I knew all this is this is that is going to happen a million times over, and it's going to happen for a lot more money. You're going to have people seeking exclusivity with these athletes, which I have no intention to do. Um, I want just a mix of players coming through. Maybe some of them sign on to do weekly during the season and 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 i'd say if the coaching staffs will let it but then they're kind of in the same position where they go well you can't say no and then sam Pittman and nick saban are saying yes and or jimbo's saying yes and steve sarkeesian's saying no like so my idea is to get just kind of whatever is doesn't really infringe on their time right as athletes and the real task at hand and what i can get sponsored we'll try to do and and i think it helps the kids to be able to sit down and do these one-on-ones and the fans to really get to know them and not just this you know homogenized straight from the program stuff that that you know it just it's paid for by learfield and img through millions of dollars but no one has a problem with that when the kids are getting nothing but we do and it's like the death of journalism oh my god (laughs) like it's it's not like NFL team, every NFL markets cover pro athletes all the time. There, are somewhere in Milwaukee, there's probably a show that Chris Middleton is paid to go do a weekly interview. It's usually not those guys, but the 
third guy off the Bucks bench is doing a, mm -hmm. a weekly interview. And I promise you that station is critical when they need to be critical of the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, maybe they're not grilling the, the guy when he's on air. But it's not anything. If you think that's the end of journalism as we know it, then you shouldn't be in journalism because you've obviously not been paying attention to the last 10 years and you're not looking ahead to the future of this thing. And I, to be honest, I wish I had 15 guys signed up for, for the whole rest of the falls before any of them sign exclusive deals where I'm not able to sit down and because that's coming too. And, and the million dollar deals and we yeah we paid 10 grand or, or uh we got sponsored by greens uh green print which what a deal for the sponsor yeah we're all still talking about but ten thousand for one interview sounds crazy until you think rattler's doing one hundred and fifty thousand for an autograph signing and, and the 85th guy on the miami roster just got six thousand dollars to to shout out a gym on instagram so it, uh, there's good and bad in it. It's certainly scary. It's a Pandora's box. I feel for the college coaches. Um, I feel for all of us that are trying to navigate it. But I got out in front of it. We did it the right way. We went through all the proper channels. Um, everything was, was handled. And if anybody wants a lesson on how to do it and how to do it the right way, reach out to us. And we've already had people do it. And I'm happy to share because it's 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 coming and it's going to come in a lot of ways where at some point I'm going to be asking the next person, hey, how did you go about doing that? That's a that's a great idea. Yeah, just a matter of embracing this thing, man. Yeah. And that's a, it's a great thing. Billy Lucci of TexAgs.com. Appreciate it as always, man. Enjoy the rest of SEC Media Days. And we'll be catching up with you once football season hits, all right? All right, enjoy it. Great seeing you. All right, good seeing you. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.